Greetings, everybody. You are listening to the Film Survivor Podcast. You are listening to its host, Tom Santilli. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Right now, we are about to dive into the double episode that we just saw this uh, past Wednesday. Double episode of David versus Goliath, season 37, episodes 10 and 11 already. Hard to believe, everybody, but we are just three weeks, less than three weeks away now from the finale which is on December the 19th. Of course, it's going to be a two-hour episode with the one-hour live reunion show. That means there's two more regular episodes before that two-hour finale. Hard to believe we're almost all the way to season 38 in 2019. Crazy. So, where does that leave us? What I said in my recap at realitytea.com, which I uh, urge you to check out if you haven't already, and if you are, if you have been following me there, thank you very much for that. What I mentioned in that is, uh, you know, right off the bat, it just it was hard to follow. We knew that <laughs> Survivor, as good as this season has been, as great as this cast has been, there's just they had to come down at some point, right? Not that this double episode was a letdown. Uh, quite the opposite, in fact. Not that this was a you know a bad stretch of episodes, but you're just not gonna get you know Hall of Fame caliber tribal councils every single week. You're, it's just not gonna happen, and that's exactly what we've gotten. I mean, I would go that far to say that the last two weeks of tribal councils have been just unbelievable, uh, in a good way. So this season just continues and continues. This week we had two in a row. Yeah, the first vote was unanimous. It kind of gave us a breath. Uh, but but really the the drama of the first hour of this two-hour episode had nothing to do with Tribal Council. It actually had to do with the immunity challenge. There have been some really good challenges this season too. I mean, if you just think of the season, there's not a lot to be negative about. I mean, the jury's still out. No pun intended. We still got a couple episodes to go, as I mentioned. And, you know, we need the season to finish strong uh, to kind of fulfill its legacy. But midway, I mean, I think the vibe right now is that people are loving it. People love Christian. Uh, People love this cast in general. Even Angelina, who's kind of the resident villain this season, you know, uh, people (laughs) either love to hate her or they're liking watching her. I've noticed some Gabby, uh, you know, kind of lashing back lately. Uh, some people starting to get annoyed with Gabby's gameplay. Uh, I don't know. I still really like Gabby. As I said in the in the reality T recap, um, I'm still rooting big time for Christian and Gabby. I think they're great together. Uh, I'm allowed to want them to have a nerd mance. I'm allowed. I know that they have relationships uh, elsewhere, uh, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatnot. But, dude, they're just so freaking cute on the show, right? I mean, they're just so fun together. Early in the season, they really, like, leaned on each other and kind of filled each other out in certain ways and kind of propped each other up. And now we're seeing two strong players. I mean, look at Christian uh, with his five-and-a-half-hour-long uh, immunity win. Wow. And it, it knocked Alec out of the game, and that was really what it took. It took somebody giving their all for five-and-a-half hours and – reciting, you know, string theory or whatever the hell Christian was talking about uh, for several hours to literally put Alec into a tizzy where he kind of got too dizzy and fell off of uh, the perch. 
That's what it took to get him out of the game because Alec was a fierce competitor. I liked Alec a lot. I didn't even uh, I didn't even get to kind of hype up what's on the show today, but on the podcast coming up, if you've listened this far, you might as well keep listening because there are two interviews coming up next. We have uh, a talk with both Alec Merlino and Carl Boudreaux. I believe that's how you say it. Uh, voted out of this week's double episode. Alec, of course, was voted out first. I liked Alec. He made some questionable calls. Uh, I'm going to ask him when I talk to him about his decision to vote out Natalia earlier in the game. That was kind of a big moment for him. Uh, I was pretty hard on him in my article uh, on Reality T again. And uh, I'm going to talk to him about that. But mainly with Alec, I think what everybody is wanting to hear about from him dates back even before the season began. If you're not aware... There was some preseason controversy this season with uh, Alec Merlino and also Kara, who's still in the game, when on Alec's Instagram account, he posted a photo of him and Kara with uh, with the caption, and I, I'm allowed to say this on the podcast, so I hope I don't offend anybody. So if you're listening with children, block their ears. The caption read, fuck it. So it was a picture of him and Kara with that caption on it, and... Uh, he put that out there in a time where uh, he was under a non-disclosure agreement with CBS and Survivor. That's a no-no. Yeah, so he was not allowed to put anything on social media to show that he had any kind of relationship with any of the other castmates. It was before the cast had been announced officially by the show, and it was just a total no-no. So he apparently got in a lot of trouble for that. Kara, I guess, not so much trouble. But rumor had it that Alec was uh, fined. Uh, and removed, uh, they took away his appearance fee, which most of the contestants get, if you don't know. It's like a $10,000 uh, or so uh, amount. And rumor has it that he was uninvited to the live reunion show, which would be a very, very tough pill to swallow. I'm going to talk to Alec about all of those things and that controversy and just see if he's able to shed some light on it for us. Maybe he can, maybe he won't, but I'm going to ask him about it. So stick, stick around for that. And then, of course, I'm going to be talking with Carl, Carl the Godfather out there. Uh, he was uh, an interesting character, to say the least. My, you know, my wife uh, started this double episode off saying how much she loved Carl, and then by the end of the two hours, she was kind of like, eh, I was glad to see him get voted out. He, you know, he kind of rubbed people the wrong way a little bit, but I thought he was a good character. Uh, you know, he said it like it is, and sometimes that's good in life, and other times it's not so good, especially when you're working for jury votes. But uh, Carl, you know, basically got a little drunk with power, amongst other things. And he just uh, didn't have the in-game awareness to really be on top of it. Uh, It was really a bad move for him to kind of come up with a story to give to Gabby, who Gabby is supposed to be in in his alliance. And they wanted to kind of lie to her about who the target was this week so that they could vote out Allison because they perceived Allison as being close with Gabby. Christian, of course, blew this up by telling Gabby, showing where his alliance really lies, which is with Gabby. Christian is clearly uh, loyal to Gabby. And in doing so, though, you know, you have all the reason in the world if you're Gabby to not trust any of those Davids anymore. But, but for Christian's game, was that good? Was that a good move, possibly, to hitch his wagon, so to speak, to Gabby? Time will tell. It it makes it even more 
crazy if you consider the preview for next week shows Gabby turning on Christian, of all people. Uh, the one other David that kind of has her back completely, and she might be uh, blowing that up. You know, and again, it's it's interesting because everybody has to kind of do what they think they have to do to win. Nobody wants to look back and say woulda, shoulda, coulda with their Survivor experience, especially the way the, the casts have been lately. They just go all in, and I think the casting process is trying to find people that, you know, good or bad, they just play the game and, and aren't afraid, and they just go out and are, and are assertive and aggressive with their gameplay. Gabby does have some truth to the fact, and whether you think Gabby can win or not, Gabby needs to be at the end and put herself in the best position possible for Gabby to win. That's what you're, if you're Gabby, that's obviously what you're planning to do. So she had a point that if, you know, if her and Carl and Christian get to the end, you know, people could perceive it because Carl has been the leader and kind of calling the shots the whole way. Maybe they perceive Gabby as like a, you know, a, a coattail rider. If you, in that moment, by the way, when she's telling that to Christian and they're talking about Carl and possibly voting him out, I, I took it at the time as the two of them's strategy, but if you look back at it, Gabby's actually revealing her own personal strategy, which should worry Christian, uh, because Gabby's basically saying, look, I need to set myself up in this game. I need to be sitting at the end with a strong resume and without any uh, perception that I somehow was under the radar and or somehow didn't do anything or just rode coattails. That applies not only to Carl, but also to Christian, which is why I think she might be looking at targeting him next week because if Gabby sits with Carl and Christian, she's probably looked at as like a tag-along. If she's gets Carl out of the picture, which she did now, and now she's at the end with Christian, she still could have that perception. It's only without both of them that she really could appear like, look, I played my own game, and I was able to get out these strong other players that nobody else was able to get out especially Christian and how she might manipulate him, you know, should again she make it and he doesn't. But uh, just unbelievable how the game is going, and it'll be very interesting to see what Gabby does next week. Uh, That being said, you know, we had some other things happen this week. You know, Angelina, for what it's worth, too, same idea. I don't really think Angelina has a path to win, but she clearly has a path to get to the end at this point. She did a great thing by switching because why not? The Goliaths don't like her anyway, uh, and now that she's part of the Davids, all of the Davids are going to use her as, as another vote. So there's Angelina. I wouldn't count her out from getting to the end. It's very possible. So based on that, uh, you know, uh, we got to see a lot of Mike White last night too, the forgotten Goliath. He's the last male Goliath uh, remaining. And uh, Mike has a, Mike has a path to win. I mean, he's he's going to be a vital vote uh, kind of moving forward, but uh, it's just so much to get to. But, you know, let's, I guess, I kind of just touched on Mike, Mike White without going diving into it, but I just feel like everybody left in, on the show has a lot to give uh, in these upcoming episodes. There's a lot to look forward to. And if I'm wrong about Angelina, if, if you guys see a, a way where she can actually win the game, is it possible that she could get Goliath votes, perhaps, if she made it to the end against the right combination of people? I don't think so. But you tell me what you think if, if I'm wrong. And I'd, I'd like to start, I think now's the time. We have three weeks left. It's December coming up. I think that now's the time to start giving me your predictions or who you're hoping for. 
I mean, I know a lot of people right now are still pulling for Christian. He's one of the most beloved Survivor players of all time. Uh, he's out-nerded Cochran. I think I said a few episodes ago that you know he makes Cochran look like you know James Dean uh, as far as the coolness factor. Uh, but it's just going to be an interesting go of it. But with that said, let's segue into the uh, interviews here. Uh, first up, we're going to be speaking with Alec. Uh, remember, you can find all of my stuff at Tom Santilli on Twitter. You can download this podcast, the Film Survivor Podcast, on iTunes and Podbean. You can donate and help this podcast stay alive if you like listening to it and like the alternative to the uh, other you know, big Survivor guys out there, Dalton Ross and Gordon Holmes, who, of course, are both great, and Josh Wiggler. Uh, all these other Survivor things that are out there that are so amazing. Uh, you know, I'm kind of like a tier B, you know, the B list. I've been around forever, by the way. I've been covering Survivor professionally for about 10 years. Uh, this is my 17th season, I think, or 18th season that I've covered the show. So I've been around for a while. Uh, but if you like this podcast and want to show your support for the little guy, you can go to patheon.com forward slash film survivor, donate as little as $1 a month to the cause. And also win some free stuff. And then lastly, I'd like to pitch uh, and plug my MovieShowPlus.com. The TV show that I produce is a show called Movie Show Plus. It's a half-hour show. You can find full episodes online at MovieShowPlus.com. We have content up on YouTube. We have a Facebook page. Go check that out if you like movies. I'm a movie critic. This week we have the Detroit Film Critic Awards uh, being announced. Those are going to be coming out. And... uh, in the next week or so, we have the Broadcast Film Critic Awards coming out. That's uh, I'm a part of that group. We do the Critics' Choice Awards. So there's all kinds of award talk coming out for you to sneer at and say, oh, those stupid critics, and, you know, they don't like the movies that I like. Whatever. Give me your opinions. I would love to talk movies with you as well as Survivor, especially in that little gap in between, uh, in between, you know, the end of this season, December 19th, and the just-announced beginning of season 38 on February 20th. So, that's what you can look forward to. Yes, I did say we're getting to an interview, so let's get to that right now. Here's my interview with Alec, and then stay tuned after the Alec interview for my next interview with Carl. Here it is with Alec. Tommy boy. Hey, Alec, man, how you doing? What's up, brother? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I've been waiting to talk to you all season, dude. You, uh, uh, one of my favorites this season, and I'm not just saying oh, that. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> really? So, yeah, man. For real. Um, I appreciate you, dude. I'll tell you what, too, because I'm gonna. I think I'm sure you've been asked about the whole Instagram thing, and I wanted to ask you about that too today. But since then, yeah. like, you know, everybody was kind of wondering. You were the two first people that everybody knew about, and were waiting to kind of see, you know. Well, how they turned out, and I and I think that, I mean, at first everybody like you weren't in the first couple episodes, and so people were like, oh, maybe they're giving them a bad edit. But the way that you turned out, man, I think you became a fan favorite. I appreciate that, dude. I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> so we'll we'll Thanks, get to that man. in a minute. But um, just let's start off with you know last night on the show you said uh in one of your confessionals that you did not want to be you know the unanimous vote out. Uh, which ended up happening. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You have to believe that you fought hard enough, though. I mean, that you did everything you could. Yeah, I did, dude. I mean, I've been talking with a lot of people. They're like, do you wish you could do this or that? Yeah. And I've been so transparent and just being like, you can't regret anything. Like, you can't look back on it, dwell on it. Like, 
Survivor is the most incredible, like, tricky game. Like, it's the most interesting show to ever air. Yeah. So to, to sit there and dwell on, on one thing or the way you got voted out or how things could have been is just, like, it's just wasted energy. So okay. I'm just looking at it just like, at least like, at least I got to go out there and experience what it was like to be on Survivor and be a part of such an epic game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, in the moment, it's a bummer. Like, there's thing, there's there's things that people want within their survivor experience and they, they imagine them going a certain way. And when it doesn't go that way, it, it, it frustrates you and you kind of get emotional. And so right. I always chalk it up. I'm like, it's a bummer, but dude, life rolls on. And like you can, I have the experience to hold on to forever. So sure. Well, let's, let's talk then about just some of your decisions in the game. You know, one of the ones that, you know, kind of gave you some flack, I guess, is when you decided to vote out uh, Natalia, uh, you yeah. had the, you had the majority. Uh, Carl was going to come back into the game and replace him, which would have put you in the minority. Uh, walk us through what you decided yeah. to do with that whole thing. Okay, so in that moment, in that time, I had I'll make it quick. It was yeah. myself, Kara, and Natalia, and Natalia, myself, and Kara. We weren't the best of friends by any means. Yeah, sure, we had numbers, but um, you know, looking at it, people are like, "Oh my God, you have the numbers." Being on the island. Well, how, how close were we? So that was kind of that mm-hmm. relationship. And then there was Elizabeth and Davey. And I had a few pieces of information, um, which were, Davey had told me, he'd been like, we were looking for crowds one day, I think. He's like, yo, um, I don't know why he brought it up. He's like, oh yeah, Carl and Elizabeth do not get along. I was like, oh, huh. mm-hmm. oh, okay. And then that was that. But then I started thinking about it more and more as we were going, you know, when Tribal Council came and I was thinking, and I kind of told Kara and Natalia, I said, yo, I was like, you guys realize there's a very good chance that Carl, I mean, it's Survivor. Anytime someone goes to Exile Island, there's always some type of advantage or idol or something, right? right? Like, right. there's no way he's not going to find anything. So in my brain, I was like, Carl for sure has something. And I knew, I was like, when he comes back to, to our camp, because we lost, I was like, he's most likely going to tell Davey over Elizabeth, because he doesn't get along with Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. So I wanted Davey out. I originally wanted Davey out. I'm like, what if we take out Davey? And that splits up Carl or Carl and Davey potentially. And then Carl would turn, they would both turn to us in a way we would have numbers and they would both turn to us because Carl wouldn't want to hang out with Elizabeth. Elizabeth probably wouldn't want to hang out with Carl because they didn't get along. And so that was kind of like my logic behind it. But uh, Natalia and Kara just didn't really want to roll with it. I guess I could have done a better job at explaining it to them or trying. Okay. And so uh, Natalia then for me was just like, I was like, dude, I can't trust her. Um, I can't, I just, I, I, like in that moment, I just didn't feel, I just didn't feel right. And so I said to myself, like, I need to get out Natalia before we merge. And then before she gets me out, it wasn't me trying to make a flashy move or a big move. It was just me going with my gut and playing the game, how Alec was playing it and how Alec thought he needed <laughs> to play. And like what I thought I needed to do, you know, it's not sure. like, wasn't trying to be like, look at me pre like before the merge, <laughs> blindsiding someone. Cause we all know it's like pre-merge stuff is like, it's not, that's like, that's, you know, that's the pregame. That's not like the actual party. That's just, right. That's nothing. Right. Right. D- did that move ultimately, I mean, Kara ended up working with you, you know, for a good chunk of the game. Did, did that move in, in any way damage what you had going with Kara prior to that? I think, we didn't have a real a relationship established before that whole thing. So it kind of, 
in a way, probably showed my true colors and really showed where my loyalties lied when she saw me backstab uh, Natalia yeah. and her. Um, but we never had a relationship prior to that. We were just Goliaths. We were just labeled as the same tribe mates, right? We were just Goliaths. I wasn't like best buddies with Kara. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until later on the Buku tribe, because we had won two more immunities consecutively after that. We didn't have to go to tribal. So it wasn't until afterward when Kara and I actually had good conversations that weren't like about the game and we really just got to know each other. And then it was like, Oh yeah, she's super sick. And then I was like, I do trust her. Like you get there, there comes a point in every conversation you have with someone that's totally like ungame related and you really feel a connection and you really feel like, Oh, I can trust this person. Mm-hmm. And that, those are the people like I really put like all my, all, all, all my faith in and stuff. And so that didn't happen um, with Kara until later on. Okay. So no, like I, obviously she didn't like that, but then I told her why and we got to like really talk and then she understood it. Um, I mean, come the merge, it's like, it's almost like a clean slate. Like right. the dust had settled and no one really thought about it. I mean, John had mentioned it a few times. They were like questioning my loyalty, but the Goliath, but we had the numbers. And so they, Dan, Angelina, they weren't really questioning it at that point because they knew they're like, well, he's, he's a Goliath. Like he did it for reasons and let's just keep the numbers. So I, I knew I was fine. So, you know, speaking Kara, let's talk about that. Can you tell us anything about that? You know, the whole controversy in the preseason with the, the, the Instagram post with the picture of you and Kara, is there anything you could tell us about that? Uh, or, or if there are any ramifications for you for that? Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm sure like everyone's read about it. You can read about it and take from it what you will. My, I guess, comment on it is that number one, um, I think that, you know, social media is things can be misconstrued and there was things can be misconstrued. It had nothing to do with survivor. Okay. That's what I'll say about that. And number two is like, I have the, utmost respect for everyone involved with survivor mainly obviously jeff um the fact that i was even able to go on survivor that they would choose me as a contestant like i love the game i've watched it forever um like i i poured my heart and tears and soul into that game like it was the most epic experience um and i saw like how hard everyone works and like how just like insane it all is um so yeah, like I would, I would never do anything to jeopardize my relationship. I, 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 I love everyone at Survivor. I love the show. I love everything about Survivor. I love the experience. I cherish the experience. And so, yeah, the social media thing, it's just I believe things can be misconstrued. And that's kind of what I have to say about that. Okay. Are, are you, there's been rumor that you're not invited to the live reunion show. Are you allowed to comment on that at all? Um, like again, yeah, I mean, you can read about it and okay, and yeah, I guess, yeah, wait and see. <laughs> okay, man, well, <laughs> we'll move on from there. Um, let's talk about that challenge last night, dude. You, your eyes were rolling in the back of your head, you know, probably most of it from, yeah. <laughs> from Christian, but it also you looked like you're passing out. Um, how much of that, you know. Uh, that was obviously a strategy on Christian's part. Did that play into anything oh, yeah. with you? Uh, falling off eventually like did that play into it into your mentality or was it completely the fact that just you know mentally it just caught up to you being up there no christian's a beast 100 <laughs> percent. he 
Yeah, no, he's Christians deserves all the credit for that. He okay. won fair and square, and he freaking he crushed it. Um, there, you get up there, and you're physically, mentally drained. You're exhausted. Your body's in pure agony. Like it sucked. It obviously sucked. Um, Christian just played it way better. He, I tried to take this approach of I'm going to be like mentally tough and and not say anything and put this facade on like I'm not hurting and I wasn't like I was feeling good and then Christian just like zenned out and he was able to like talk his way through this challenge and like oh my god of course it was annoying I'm like oh my god bro come on but dude half off to him because yeah he really like I just couldn't take it dude and I stepped off I was just exhausted <laughs> mentally drained I think there's like a picture of my face after I'm like dude I was showing my friends I was like this is a this is the face of absolute defeat bro <laughs> like did, yeah, uh, Christian, did, Christian's a stud. Did you learn anything about string theory or any of the other crazy quantum physics or whatever he was oh talking about? Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, no. I was, <laughs> like, trying my hardest to not pay attention. But, um, sorry, dude, Christian, that whole entire chat, I mean, at least the last two hours, had everyone rolling laughing, like, the entire time. The kid, like, it doesn't matter what he's talking about. You're just cracking up. Sure. Um, I wanted to ask you, too, about something. In your Ponderosa video, uh, you, you gave a real good quote uh, that I thought was cool. You said something like, be yourself because everybody else is taken. Um, what is oh, it, yeah. Yeah. What, tell, expand on that. What, tell people what you mean by that and just why that's important to you, that philosophy. Well, because Survivor's taught me so much, bro, about myself. Um, and I've always lived – I've always tried to live my life to the best of my – like. I've always tried to live being super positive. And, like, a lot of people will call BS. They're like, no, there's no way. And, like, of course, dude, everyone has ups and downs. But I'm always like, you know what? you got to be, like, be positive, have good vibes, give off good energy. And the whole be yourself thing came kind of from, you know, I've always said, I'm like, you just got to be yourself, be yourself. But it was, like, really solidified for me during Survivor mm. and during, like, the whole casting process. Um, I know like a lot of survivor fans will reach out and they say like, what's your advice for getting on survivor? What's your, like, what should I do? Mm -hmm. And for me and for everyone who's reading, I guess, or listening, it's like, dude, it sounds so cheesy, but that's the quote. It's like, dude, be yourself because everyone else is taken. Don't try to be, for me, it's like, you have an archetype. I was like, I guess like the surfer dude from Southern California. Malcolm was like an, another one that I kind of fit in with and, and Jay and, and Joe. And so it's like, don't try to be someone you're not. Don't try to be that person. Dude, just be you or else like that's all people want. That's really all people want. Sure. Like no one wants someone fake. No one wants, that's all people want out on the Island too. They just want you to be genuine and authentic. All people want is Alec. It's really that plain and simple. It's like, dude, just be you. Everyone else is taken like all people respect you and, and they love you. And they love being around you if you're just you. And they recognize it. Well, dude, you're a one-of-a-kind man, and I do hope that we get to see you again this season uh, in the in the flesh, uh, not just in jury but at the reunion. Um, but we'll wait and see about that. Yeah, best, <laughs> best of luck to you, man. I appreciate you, man. Take it easy. All right. Bye-bye. So there you have it. Uh, you know, Alec, I, I, I'm being honest with the guy. I, I, I thought he was really cool to watch this season. And he won me over from that early controversy you know i thought that to be quite honest i thought he, he was gonna be a dick you know who, who posts a picture of themselves before the season starts uh and you know he, he went from that to like you know i thought that he was cool on the show and i was rooting for him in in different ways so uh that's my interview but he was a little tight-lipped with everything 
Uh, he didn't give me much, you know. He gave me the kind of the same line he's been giving everybody else in his exit interviews as far as, you know, what you know what he can talk about with that whole instance. Maybe he can't talk much about it. Uh, you know, if you've broken a non-disclosure agreement and then, you know, they tell you not to talk about it again, you know, you don't want to go out and start blabbing everything. So I don't blame him. But, you know, there it is. We'll see him. At, we'll see if we see him at the live reunion show. And if we don't, we know the reasons why. So that's uh, all with Alec. Let's move on into the interview. Here is my interview with Carl. And again, follow me on Twitter at Tom Santilli for all of my Survivor and movie coverage. Here's Carl. Carl, what's happening, man? How you doing, my man? I'm good. <laughs> I'm doing good. It's really cool to talk to you. Likewise. Fantastic. So... Okay, so the, let's get right into it. You know, the, the blind side last night, um, I thought it was interesting that almost instantly it seemed, uh, you know, even in your little message at the end of the show, it seemed that you had realized, uh, as you had put it, that you had kind of gone into cruise control. Um, you, you kind of realized that, you know, right at that, at that time. What, how did that happen? Uh, what, what do you think led to you kind of um, getting a little too maybe uh, comfortable in, in, in your position in the game? I mean, I wouldn't say that I was comfortable. I mean, I, I was always aware and playing the game, you know. Um, it, it's impossible for you to be all over the island and hearing every conversation, you know. So sure. I was never just – I never felt safe, as I as, as I stated, you know, when I, when I got out of the game. Right. I was always trying to pay attention as much as I possibly could. It just so happened that, that you know, that one particular moment, it was – there was nothing I can do about it. I mean, it was a, it was a total blindside. It's, there's no way of stopping that. With looking at how Gabby reacted, you know, uh, the, the plan was to kind of because you were you know targeting her her close ally and Allison, you know, the, the the plan was obviously to kind of you know not include Gabby in the real plan. Was that a mistake looking back? Like because she still was in your alliance at that time. Do you feel like there's different ways you could have um, approached that or handled that? I mean, I, again, I never seen that coming. You know, we as the as the David Alliance, we were we were fighting and scrapping to, you know, try to get the numbers. So ultimately, we we thought that we was our our alliance. You know, we mm-hmm. didn't we didn't see the the outside alliances. Now I kind of you know I kind of sensed that Gabby and Allison had gotten pretty close, but I didn't you know I didn't see it affecting me right at that particular moment. But um. If I could, you know, if I could have changed any of that, then I possibly would have gotten maybe a Nick or a Davy or someone to talk to Gabby because they, you know, maybe she she would understand them better than she understood me, you know, because I'm when I talk, I talk straightforward, you know, I don't mm-hmm. I don't sugarcoat things or nothing like that. So I guess I was a little, you know, too rough for what what Gabby could handle, you know. So maybe one of those guys maybe could have poster a little better than, than, than what I tried to do ultimately. What was your response um, when you were watching back the show and, you know, more than once out there, you, you were referred to uh, as the Godfather. Um, what was your kind of take on how others were perceiving you um, down the stretch? Well, I mean, ultimately I, I loved it. Who wouldn't love being <laughs> called the Godfather on, on Survivor? Right. But, um, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't expect that. I I was really wondering, like, 
like how did that come about? Because I never just just dictated any moves. You know, any moves that were made, we we sat down and we talked about them collectively as a as an alliance. You know, so I wasn't quite. I was kind of puzzled on on how that that name came about because I was never one that was just you know just you're gonna do this and you're gonna do that. That's that's not how my gameplay was at all. So I was I was. Spelling that that one, but I mean, I'll take it. I, I I'll go down as the Godfather. I'm cool with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, speaking of that too, it, it seemed um, even in the Ponderosa video that I saw uh, of yours, uh, you you did seem, or you at least made a couple comments about you know hoping to be remembered, you know, in Survivor history, you know, for playing the Idol Nullifier. Uh, the, the impact that you kind of you know left on the fan base seemed to be important to you. Was that something that was important to you, kind of how fans perceived you playing and, and what they thought of you once you were out of the game? Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I don't, you know, I don't never want to leave a, a, a bad taste in no one's mouth. You know what I mean? That's, just, mm-hmm. that's not who I am as a guy, you know, in my, in my real life. And I didn't want it to be depicted that way on, on, in my opinion, what is one of the greatest TV shows ever. Sure. So, yeah, I, I, of course I want the fans to love me, you know. Um, um, I would love to be offered to play again, you know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to go out, you know, and being, being known as this bad person or this evil person or someone that didn't know what he was doing in the game or any of that, sure. you know. With, uh, with the Idol Nullifier, now obviously that was a cool thing and you did make Survivor history by being the first, you know, to find it and to play it and play it correctly. Um, but taking a step out of it, as a fan of of the game of Survivor, do you do you think the idol nullifier is too powerful in the game? There, there's been all this talk about you know that advantage now uh, since it's been played. Do you think that it's something that the game should keep in or tweak it in any way? What do you think of that power? I actually love it, man. I you know everything evolves. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So the game of Survivor is evolving. But for me, I think it should stay in because. You know, the idol has always been the sacred thing. You had an idol, you were safe. Mm-hmm. You were safe. But now, with that nullifier being in the game, it, it makes you treat that idol a bit differently now, whereas some people, you know, they they would put it on their neck in tribal, like, ha-ha, you ain't voting me out mm-hmm. tonight, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Or, or some would take their idols and, and go tell people, you know? So now it makes you makes you look at that idol in a totally different light because it's like, okay, do I tell this person I have the idol because that person might be close with such and such over there and they might have the nullifier. So, you know, it, it, it's just, for, like I said, for me, it's just making the game evolve. I, I, I like it, me, myself. I hope it stays in. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, we also saw you uh, you know, had a few brews out there last night after that reward challenge. Um, did, uh, did anything happen during that part of the game that – you you know things that you might have said in while while having been drinking, anything that you wouldn't have said otherwise. Or in other words, did no, that have any I, any effect on your game at all? No, I don't. I don't think any of that affected my game at all. I, I totally don't because everyone that was on that reward, we all had been drinking. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like I was the only one that was that was drinking. Right. You know, we all we all was a little tipsy. You know, and we all were talking. <laughs> they, you know, it was things they told me that obviously it didn't make the air. But you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It just so happened the things that I stated did. You know, that's the way it played out. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't take any of that back. That's that's that was what was in the cards. That was what was meant for for the way that happened, and and that's just what it is. 
you hadn't been on a award at all either, and then you got you decided to sit out that challenge. How good was how good was that beer and margarita and those nachos? Oh, it was good, man. That was my first time really getting some some food, you know, and, and since since the merge feast. So yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was it tasted real good to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of those things too uh, that I wanted to ask you about was the idea that um. You know, at some point, the, the the David Tribe this season is so beloved. Like, unlike many alliances in the game's history, you know, pe- fans just loved you guys. Uh, there was a time, though, it's Survivor. It's an individual game. There was a time where, obviously, you guys were going to start having to go at each other, you know, like they did and took and they took you out last night. But what was your strategy in, in dealing with the other Davids uh, had you stayed in the game? What, what was your plan? You know, we had all set out plans that we were going to go to final five, to be quite honest. We were going to fight and get those, get the numbers back on our side because we knew that the Goliaths were trying to pick us apart one at a time. So we felt if we could fight and get the numbers back to our side, then we would just pick them apart. And then once we got down to five, then, I mean, that's when it would go from there. Let's see who's closest with who, you know. Um Unfortunately, we'll never get to see that, but that was that was initially the plan uh, uh, going in. But within you, within you, David's, which ones did you would you have targeted? Like once you got to that point, who 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 did you see as a threat? Who did you want to sit next to? Oh, I would have definitely tried to get out Gabby and Christian. Okay. <laughs> so in that, yeah, okay. So then you you were riding it to the end with with Davy basically, and. Uh... With Davey and Nick, yeah, Nick, most yep. definitely, most definitely. Okay. Cool, cool. The other thing, too, that, you know, we, we saw with the preview next week that, you know, you missed um, being a part of the Loved Ones Challenge, but we saw in the Ponderosa video that you did get to uh, see your wife out there. Uh, tell us about how, you know, I, 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 man, you were good in challenges and stuff, but i never seen you run so fast down that dock. Yeah, man, I mean, that's my wife, man. That's my everything, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That Like, she's, she's, a major, major reason why I was out there, you know, I mean, I was trying to do it for her and my two daughters, man, you know, um, yeah, she's, she's, she's my rock, man, you know, so when I seen her, it was like, yeah, enough of talking with y'all, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to see my wife, I hadn't seen her in like five, six weeks, you know what I mean, so, yeah, I just shot out of there. That was really cool, the other thing, too, I thought was interesting, you mentioned in the Ponderosa video, that a lot of people don't think about, you know, when, when you kind of stop your life to go onto a show like Survivor, you know, for a couple months, uh, you you mentioned on there, too, that you're a smoker and that you had been smoking all the way right up until going out there. Um, how difficult was that part of the game for you? Uh, you know, did you have any issues with that, you know, mentally, physically? Uh, and then what was your take after the game? Did you Are you, are you still a smoker? You know, really, I didn't have any problems with 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 not smoking the whole time I was out there. It was it was shocking for me, you know. But yeah, no, I didn't have any problems at all, man. It was it was it was crazy. It 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 basically let me know that that you know it's mind over matter. You know what I mean? When you're at home and you can so easily get up and go to the corner store and buy you some cigarettes, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Typically, you're going to do it because you don't have nothing stopping you, you know. Mm-hmm. Then you get out there and you know you can't get it, so you kind of like you put it put it in the back of your head and you don't even think about it. That's that's pretty much how it was for me. Okay. 
And then, uh, too, I wanted to have you touch on, you know, we talked about Gabby and you a little bit, but uh, what seemed to be the major malfunction in, in the relationship between you and Elizabeth? Actually, me and Elizabeth, you know, me and Elizabeth were, were, were kind of sort of the same person in a sense, you know. Okay. We both were was, was hard working, you know. We, we both... Uh, uh, um, like to get our point across when when needed. Um, the thing that that did it for me and Elizabeth is, you know, Elizabeth, she liked to start a lot of a lot of things, but then she doesn't complete them, you know. And for me, that was like, like, come on, man, like we gotta if we're gonna start something, we gotta get it finished. If we're building a shelter, we can't build a shelter that doesn't have a roof on it. I mean, you know what I'm saying? If that right. makes sense, like. You can't keep starting all these different projects and not finishing them and then go on and start a different one. You know, it's like mm-hmm. finish the one you started first, then we'll move on to the next one. So that's that's ultimately the, the, the thing that, that started getting with me and Elizabeth. And then, of course, the final thing was the, was the shelter thing, you know, her wanting to split the bamboo and everything. It was like, you know, I don't, I don't think now is the, the time to even be wanting to do that. We've, we've been, been on it for this long you know what I mean? So why are we going to take more energy that, we, that we're constantly losing on a daily basis to try to do some more hard work? That, that kind of was the, the nail that, that, that sealed the coffin as far as me and Elizabeth in the game, shall I say. Because me and Elizabeth are fine outside of the game. That's my girl. I love her to death. But in the game, that's, that's kind of what did it for, for me and Elizabeth. Well, fantastic, man. I got one last question for you, and it's it's kind of just in general. What would you tell people? Everybody talks about this amazing cast that you were a part of. Uh, what would you tell people who uh, you know look to to want to be on Survivor one day? Um, what's what's the advice you would give people uh, who, who are looking you know to get into your position and being on a, hopefully an amazing cast one day? I would say if you get the chance to go to to any casting or what have you, man, just just be yourself, you know, tell your story. Don't, don't, don't finagle who you are. You know, don't try to be somebody you're not. Don't try to be this character because they're not looking for that. They want you for who you are, you know, and that's, that's ultimately what, what I did when I went to my casting, you know, I, I gave them me. I didn't, you know, I didn't sugarcoat it. I didn't beat around the bush. I just gave them who Carl is and, and they loved it and it got me on the show. So I would hope that, Anybody that, that, that wants to try, just be yourself. Don't give up. Keep keep going for it, and hopefully one day they'll pick you to be on it. Carl, man, again, awesome watching you on the show. Very cool getting a chance to talk to you, and uh, wish you nothing but the best, man. I appreciate it, my man. All right, take it easy. Have a good one. All right, you do as well. Double episode down, two interviews down. This podcast is down. We pretty much covered next week in the early part of this podcast because, again, that was the big takeaway for me. Even if you read my reality tea stuff today or this week, you know, the the big bombshell really came in the next time on segment. You know, the fact that Gabby is possibly going to turn on Christian is just absolutely insane. It's either good editing uh, of, the, of, the, of the preview to make everybody freak out or it's really going to happen. And, uh... That, to me, was like the headline coming out of this double episode. Yeah, a lot of things happened. You know, we lost two more people. Uh, Nick found an idol. And uh, whatever happened to that Mason-Dixon whole alliance, by the way? 
Nick and Christian not talking. Like, they could have easily all gotten on board, couldn't they have, and gotten Carl out? Maybe Carl was too close with Nick. Maybe Christian didn't trust that. But we have not seen a Mason-Dixon moment in several weeks, which tells me maybe Nick and Christian are not working that close together anymore. They're the two people in the game with an idol. Uh, and if Christian gets pushed out by Gabby, he might need to work with Nick. So I don't know if they're done working together, but we'll have to see again how that plays out. But you got all that happening. Uh, again, we got two episodes left until the two-hour finale the Survivor David versus Goliath finale happening December the 19th. Mark your calendars. We will be here the whole stretch of the way. So keep reading realitytea.com. Keep listening to this Film Survivor podcast. I really appreciate your support. It's been a great, fun season. And I can't wait to hear from everybody and what you thought on this podcast and this uh, double episode. We will see you next week, next Thursday. We might slip in another movie podcast in between now and then to discuss some of the Detroit Film Critic Awards uh, early next week. The uh, the winning movies and performances are going to be announced on Monday. Uh, the, I believe that is December the 3rd. That's the date that we're going to be re- releasing the winners of the Detroit Film Critic Society. So we might do a quick podcast early in the week, talk about that. But we'll be right back here on Thursday with another person voted out a survivor as we get closer and closer to that finale. All right, people. That's it for now. We'll talk to you all later. And have a good one.